I want to invite uh, Sybil Hawkinson and my mom, Evelyn Larson, uh, up here with me. Um, happy Mother's Day. Turn and tell all the moms in this place, Happy Mother's Day. If you are a mom, could you just go ahead and stand? If you're a mom, could you stand up? We have a gift for you. Um, we are going to be handing out seeds, and up here on the screen is a picture of the flower that uh, you can plant these seeds that um, the folks are handing out, and this is what it is. It's a coxcomb flower. It's a vibrant flower, but it's a very special flower to mom and I. Um, this next picture is a picture of my grandma, uh, my mother, Evelyn. It's her mother, Grandma Ruth, um, and this is her grapevines behind that, and that's her clothes line. Every day she put clothes on that line. The next picture is a picture of Grandma um, gardening with her garden tool, and um, so I've been harvesting this uh, seed, so once you get your seeds, you can just sit down, but um, thank you moms for being here today. Laura, I want to mention, too, that uh, as you saw my mother behind the plow, uh, she worked with that plow almost every day. But this picture was taken when she was 90. And Shane, uh, Brad and Laura's uh, second oldest, uh, was down there one day and said, Grandma, can I take your picture? She said, what for? What for? <laughs> and that was always Grandma. She did not want any attention. She'd be like, what, what do you, we were talking about this week. What are you doing? What, why are you doing that? Like if those seeds, she would just have a cow. If she'd known we put the, her picture on those seeds, she'd be like, what are you doing that for? What are you doing that for? Like, because she just didn't want attention. She didn't want her picture taken. I, matter of fact, I think it wasn't until she was about 80 that she actually started letting people take a picture of her. She'd be like this in pictures. She'd be like down. In, uh, yeah, serious. Yeah. I could tell some stories about grandma, but, um, man, I'm excited. Uh, you know, God, um, has had this thought rolling around in me, uh, about 20 years about talking about, um, uh, our subject today, but I'm super stoked. So, um, you'll have to just mind me if I get kind of hyper or, or whatever, or sorry. Uh, um, so, my mom, I want to introduce my mom. If you're new here and um, maybe you don't know my mom, uh, this is my mother, Evelyn Larson. Thank you for coming, Mom, and being here. <laughs> She's getting adjusted here. We're women, so we deal, like, you, the guys just come in here and do it. We're like, okay, this rug is like, okay, now I need this. You know, we're detailed. Um and Sib, I'm so glad that you're here. Um, Sybil is our children's minister, um, so she is taking care of all of our children. Uh, yes, give it up. And she's doing a fantastic job, and I'm so excited. Uh, we love our kids. We love kids. Um, and you're also married to our youth pastor. And so we're just glad to have you. Glad to have you up here. <laughs> so... Um, you oh. I said I asked him not to whistle second service. Oh, whoever whistled is in trouble because Sib said don't whistle. So um, we have kind of a funny uh, connection, all three of us. So all three of us girls up here 
are, um, we have worked with children in the church. We have actually been children directors. We've been the leaders uh, in different churches. Um, we also have worked in youth ministry in churches. We have done extensive work with youth. And then we were also pastor's wives. Isn't that crazy? So you never know what we're going to actually talk about, you know, because we've got a lot of talking. We've got a lot of talking we need to do, but I'm excited you guys are here, and uh, we are uh, in our week three of our series, Hanging with the Fam, and this idea of hanging with the fam is family is not your individual family, okay? So, like, you're probably sitting with your individual family right now. Um, It's about your church family. It's about people coming together and being a group of people that feel like family, like you just have a connection, they're, um, you just have that camaraderie with them. Um, but the, the key factor that draws you together is Jesus, and that you all want to serve Jesus, and it's a strong, strong connection that you have. So what I'm, we're going to be talking about up here today and discussing is the idea of spiritual motherhood and spiritual sisterhood. Now, when you hear the word spiritual, you might even think it's kind of mystical. No, we're not talking about that. It's very simple. We're talking about an idea of women uh, having a connection, have a spiritual connection to each other, and they have Jesus in their life. So it's like passing on wisdom and and purity and doing good. It's those things wrapped up. So that's what it really is. So guys, men, all ages, young, older, hang on, just kind of hang with us because I really believe that you guys have a unique opportunity uh, to get some insight into the female mind and really the complexity because, you know, Look at her. Woo! That was a good way to say drama queen. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Because we're all so weaved together with females. Because if you have, you may have a girlfriend, you may have a wife, sister, mother, niece, everyone's connected to a female. So I think this is a great place for you to take a couple minutes and really lean in and go, okay, what are these girls talking about? And you... Guys, and I say guys, men, young men, old men, can be a great encouragement to us. So I want to say that. Um, So in this idea of spiritual motherhood and spiritual sisterhood is not, like I said, really your, your family. It's usually, you know, it's not your blood. But for me, it is. Um, my mom is my mother, and she's also my spiritual mother. She is um, what I would call a guide, a mentor, a coach. She is that to me. But, you know, Sybil and I were talking about that this week. That's not always the case, is it? Yeah, Laura is that for me. Laura is my spiritual mom. If I have something going on or if I have an issue or even if it's good or bad, I know I can call Laura. And the coolest part is, like you were talking about, we have a common goal. We want to grow in the Lord together. We want to grow grow closer to Jesus and look like Jesus. So when I call her, I know that's what Laura's going to do. Her advice, her words, they're always filled with wisdom, and they're very godly. And also, one thing that I cherish so much is 
I know Lara's going to pray for me. Most of the time she does it right then, but even if it's not then, I know I can leave knowing that Lara will put me in Jesus' arms that day. So, and you know, this isn't just for like women our age, Lara. Like, right, right. I love, first I was just overwhelmed today watching Ellie up here. Ellie is younger than me, but she's teaching me how to yeah. worship Jesus by being up here. She's momming me and showing me and being an example of what it looks like to worship to worship Jesus. And where I serve back in 252, it's the same way. We have junior high girls back there who are serving, and they are showing the younger ones what Jesus looks like, either by a smile or helping them with a the craft or gently guiding them in their correction. Whatever it is, they they are also doing that. It's for all of us. This is a concept that bridges generations, and it connects us, and mm-hmm. it's the heart of the church, really. It, it really is, and I like that thought, is it's not about, a, like, a woman that's had a child. It's about a female of all ages. Yeah. You know, Mom, you had that story about um, you had, when I was little, and I, I was going to think about that. When you, is it on? Hello? (laughs) When you go, uh, when you're dealing with across generations, I like that phrase, across generations, because it's not excluding anyone. It's inclusive. And that's what the body of Christ is. And that's what the family of God is, is it includes everyone, regardless of your age, your position, and regardless, of course, the generation you're in. But just uh, about when Laura was, I was going to say about 50 years ago, uh, when she was just a, a toddler, uh, we visited a church, um, a country church, and uh, you know how self-conscious a young mother is, and uh, I was in my 20s, and, and we were, uh, we'd come into the church, and we were getting ready to be seated uh, on this pew, and there were all these elderly ladies on that pew, and I go, oh, no. They're going to look at me and think, she can't handle her own child. She's going to get fidgety. And I was just, in my mind, I was just feeling like uh, I was the lowest of low, you know, at that point. But this lady turned around, looked at me, and, um, and I know she could probably have been my grandmother. And she had this big smile on her face. And, you know, that smile just disarmed me. Yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. like, oh, oh, she... She's going to approve or she's going to be friendly to me. But uh, just as I was seated, she began to open her purse and jingle things around. And, of course, I knew that at some point my little toddler was going to get restless. And, of course, she had her eye on that purse. And it was like a Mary Poppins purse. It's just everything in it. (laughs) And the next thing you know, the lady was asking to hold Laura. And so as she held her, I was able to listen to the message I was a, I, I was peaceful, but the most important thing, I felt approved, mm. you know, acceptable. Because this lady, who was probably 50 years older than I at the time, was uh, willing to reach out to me and put that smile on her face and accept oh, me wow. and entertain my daughter. And I just think how important it is that we build relationships across the generations. Yeah. And I love that. I, I could tell too. many stories, but I gotta let go here. All I could think was, I'm sorry. All I could think was, was that where my love for purses started? Because <laughs> there's another purse story of when I was two. I guess. I guess.
guess that it was meant to be. It was a God <laughs> thing. Uh, so when we're talking, I like what you were kind of talking about, Mom, that this idea of she walked in, uh, she's a new mom, so she's kind of feeling inadequate, you know, and wondering, will I be accepted? Yeah, Sybil, we were talking uh, this week about some of the battles that women face. What Speak to that. I can't tell you another time in my life when I felt so alone is when I had little kids, which is bizarre because you have them pulling on you and you're not ever alone. Yeah, ever. ever. <laughs> but you, there's something in you that, so loneliness is something women struggle with. They're, so you would say it's kind of a season of, it can be, mm, make you vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerability, mm -hmm. um, your insecurities, mm -hmm. um, not knowing where your purpose is, all of those. And yeah. we allow the enemy or we self-talk oh, and gosh, we become yeah. our own worst enemy. And we yeah. believe those things and we, yeah. It's, I, 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 I hear what you're saying because when we're left alone, that self-talk gets louder and louder. And that's why it's so, it can be so um, hard and difficult in those times where we feel alone and vulnerable. And that's why I really wanted us to look at Titus today. We're going to be looking at where Paul was writing uh, a letter to Titus. And this is in Titus 2, 3 um, through 5. It says, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others or be heavy drinkers. Instead, they should teach what is good. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and children. Now, I like this next part. It says to live wisely, be pure, work in your home, to do good, be submissive to their husbands. Now, in that day and time, that word submissive, I know right now it's like, you hear that word, it's like, ah, uh, what is that word? But in that time, it meant respect. And it, and it meant honor. And it goes on to say, then they will not bring shame on the word of God. So when we do these things, it's a reflection because we're, we're women in the church, right? We're Christian women. That's a reflection on the way we're acting. And when we do, when we walk in wisdom and we do good and we work in our home, then it's, it's saying, it's validating the word of God. And I love that because it's so important. Right here, what is being said is, girls, we have a job description. You talked about like a lack of purpose. The job description is to teach and train. That we are not to be like sitting around, you know, because at that time the women were, the older women were drinking a lot in the evening. So you can see, because he was talking, don't, don't be heavy drinkers. And so as it's looking at the things that a young woman needs from an older woman. And also, um, Sybil, you had talked about um, uh, the temptation yeah. of that when we are alone and we're not putting ourselves out there and not in relationship with other women, that we're not doing this thought, you know, of spiritual sisterhood, spiritual motherhood, that what do we, we turn to things in our culture? Yeah, it's crazy. We, we really do. Um, for example, Netflix. 
um, I know one of my favorite shows is Parenthood, but do I look at that to learn how to parent? Do I right. look at that for my guidance or my direction or, or Glee or whatever your favorite show is? And, or like PTA. I know I'm involved in the PTA, but are those my closest friends? Are those the friends that I'm gaining truth from? Or, or like he says, heavy drinking. Do I need a glass of wine or any other addiction to help me cope with the things that are happening in well, my life. because uh, we were talking about this too, that I think one thing that kind of came out in our conversation as we were talking about this is that when you put something out there to be your cope, your, your cope the thing you go to to cope, it's never enough. Yeah. You have to keep going and you have to keep moving. And that's why I really liked Daniel's message last week where he was talking, we were in the series Hanging with the Fam, talking about that everyone has this need, male, female, whatever age, to be needed and to be known. Because that's the opposite of being lonely, is we're talking about when we keep ourselves away from the people that can help us the most. Um, and I love that he talked about that. Um, I, I was, as I was looking at all of the thoughts rolling around in my head is we really have this sense of a role that we're supposed to be playing, that we are supposed to be steady, stepping in and helping women with a legitimate problem, that yeah. we would see ourselves as a help. But, you know, here today, there's two, probably two different groups of women, females, that one group says, I've never really heard of this thought of spiritual motherhood or spiritual sisterhood. That's a new concept, okay, for me. But there's those of you women out there going, spiritual motherhood. I am spiritual mothering way too many people. I'm exhausted. I'm on overload. You know, I, I'm just, whoo. I, what, Mom, speak to that. Speak to that what happens yes. and why we have to be careful. Well, there's several reasons, and I think one of the basic reasons is that um, in building a relationship, sometimes um, we people look at you as the source rather than the resource. And I think it's important for us to really guide uh, others that are coming along beside us to uh, focus on God being our re our source. Now, he can use us as a resource, definitely, you know, because he gives us wisdom and strength, and, and, and we have the word to be able to share with him and to pray with him. But I, I think when you are uh, in a relationship or developing a relationship, it's real important, uh, whether you're the mentor or the mentee, that you look at it as whether or not it's a toxic uh, relationship, whether it's uh, bringing in darkness and not life, and whether uh, you are becoming that source to them. And many times, I think as women, we almost start out wanting to be that source because we feel needed. Once again, yeah, that we needed. feel needed. But it's not a good balance. And yes. it keeps them from pushing up and looking up for their answers. And so I think that's something that we have, uh, that if you are going through a burnout and saying, I'm on overload, you know, I'm, I'm on overload, I can't handle you more. And, you know, that may be very true, and I'm, I, I don't minimize what you're saying there. But question, 
about those relationships. Is this the yeah. relationship God wants for right now? Is, am, is there a balance in this relationship? And one of the things I liked about what Sybil said a couple days ago was that in a relationship, she looks as a, if, if she's growing. Yeah. Am I growing in this? And that's a reciprocal kind of relationship. And that's why in the body of Christ and with family, that's what we want. We want it to be reciprocal. We want to be able to share and then receive at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I think sometimes with Laura, sometimes I call her and I dump this heavy thing on her and I think that it's going to weigh her down or it's going to be too much or it's going to just feel overwhelming to her. But the thing is, when you are in this kind of relationship, a spiritual mothering or spiritual sisterhood, you should walk away both okay or, yes. St yes. or steady or full because yes. we're, we're bringing God into the situation. We're bringing God and he's got plenty he can handle it all he's constantly filling us so but I yeah <laughs> yeah I and I don't feel that way like if you tell me something heavy or you know uh, that you need like some help in a, a a big way when I leave you I whether it's on the phone or whatever I don't feel like oh you know because you we know sometimes we call people and they just dump on us yeah. But I know you need me to take things to God and leave them there. And I'm in it for a long haul that I want to bring things to God and then say, God, you've got to help her. Because I can't step in and be her source. And um, I just love it how God is so big that we really minimize him. And I love it how big he is, and he takes these things for us because we cannot do this stuff on our own. Um, and I think that's why that I love um, the passage, uh, Luke eleven thirty six. 36. Uh, they're going to put it up here on the screen. And I think I've drawn to this because I say, what, what can I do to help? You know, because so many times, you know, as, as females, we're thinking, Lord, have mercy. I got enough to deal with with my life. She's calling me. I'm not saying you, but, you know, but you say, uh, <laughs> I, I, like, I, you know, but this is how we have enough is this scripture right here. God's been speaking to me this uh, thought of the last several weeks is I'm light. And, Laura, you are not even thinking how much light I can bring into your life. And that, um, and so I, I'm going to say this scripture. It says, "Read it. If you are filled with light, with the dark, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant, as though a floodlight were filling you with light." And that's what we're talking about: is we cannot do it on our own, and uh, God gives us the light to shine on to others. So the tendency would be to say, oh, okay, some of you girls out there are like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to text Sybil. I'll just text her as she's up there. Uh, I'm going to need you to be my spiritual sister or my spiritual mom, you know. Um, and Or, oh, oh, I'll get Laura's mom. I'll get Laura's mom to do it. or you know. But we can only do a couple of people. God, that's why this is a job description for all females. It's like we need to all spread out and cover it and embrace it, if we're going to change a community, if we're going, you know, it's easy to just kind of be set back and go, oh, you know, our generation, you know, is falling apart. You know, it's like, 
No, it's easy to gripe. It's harder to, to, to look at the word and say, I'm going to make a difference in this generation, not on my watch. And that's why I like to do just three simple things is look, listen, and live. And that just means to look. Look at the scripture. What is the scripture saying? Well, the scripture today is saying, if I don't have dark places, that you're going to shine a radiant floodlight and you're going to light up my life. That's what he's saying. And then think about it. Like, pray about it. Like, God, I need this in my life. And then go and live it. Like, go and text that girl. Like, or, or see her at church and say, hey, I wanted to know if you had time to maybe walk around the block uh, in a week. I mean, just make it simple. We, we females, and I think all the men in the house can say, we overcomplicate stuff. I know Brad's always like, why in the world are you complicating this? <laughs> but I tell you what I love that, and this is, guys, where you can really be an encouragement to us, is when Brad sees me, with a friend, and she's a God friend, then he'll say, get together with her again. Get together with her again. You are so fun, and you are have so much energy, and you're, you're so happy after you get with her. And it's like, that's, I think we need that response from you guys, because we may not see it, and for you guys to go, when you're with her, you're making really good decisions. I know uh, for me with Eric, I mean, there have been times where he's literally, literally said to me, she wants to be your friend. You need to call her. And I'll ignore it because my insecurities kick up and I don't want to be vulnerable. And I don't want to, I don't want to help because I don't want the light shined on me. I don't want you all to know that I don't have it all together sometimes, right? Well, so, yeah, because they might see, oh, someone yeah, really ooh, doesn't have it yeah. all together. <laughs> I don't. No. So... There are things that hold us back, but we, that's why this scripture is so good, because we have to remember that it's God loving them through us. Yes. So I'm always going to have my insecurities. I'm never going to have all my stuff together. I might remember to text you today and then forget that you had an exam tomorrow and forget to text you that day, but God fills in those areas because he's the light that shines right. through us. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Love, love, love that. And you know what, a mom... Um, so mom had, this was, I think it's been a, about a year, had a friend, um, and she was going through a really difficult time. Um, and I just love how her, her and her friends just gathered around that friend. Can you tell that story? Well, this is another story about across the generations. And I love that because, um, so many times we, uh, when we reach a place where I am in life, where we're retired and and sort of put out to pasture. We we feel like we've been put up on a shelf and think uh, there's no purpose for us here. There, it's all over. We've done everything that we were to do, and now we're just here. And uh, and that's a that's a kind of a a dark thing to have to walk in. And that's why I I want to really encourage you if you're in that position and you are beginning to feel like that you have no purpose in the body of Christ, that you have, uh, that there's not a passion in you and you feel like you're being left out and you're putting things on the shelf, then it's time to rise up. It, it's time to change that picture yeah. because God does have a purpose for you. Yes, yes, yes. thank you. He does. And, uh, 
And you will be amazed because it will just begin to flow like you would not believe. And I would just, uh, I would just really encourage you to seek someone to stand in the gap with you and pray with you to come out of that, yeah. that yes mood or that area that you're in. But also, I because there is a there is a, a calling on each of our lives, whether you're young, old, middle age. But the story that she's referring to is uh, just. Oh, a couple years ago, uh, a group of us in the Bible study uh, were very close. We were all grandmothers and great-grandmothers. But one in particular, uh, uh, she was at the hospital, and uh, they uh, just came to her and said, uh, are you going to be able to take your grandchild home with you today? And she was shocked. Well, she ended up taking her grandchild home that day. Can you imagine what it would be like to take home a newborn baby, mm. and not be prepared, not knowing you were going to bring home a baby. Wow. No bottles, no diapers, no blankets, no place for her to lay that baby. I mean, it was, a, it was a very humbling experience. And when we heard of this story, we our hearts went out to her. Uh, first of all, all I could think of is the strength. I mean, being up nice with the baby. and mm -hmm. But she persevered. And I just gathered the lady, ladies around, and I said, we've got to give her a baby shower. <laughs> you know, I've no, I don't know if this is the first time we could call it a grandmother baby shower or what we're going to call it, <laughs> but we're going to do it. And so we did, and it was just the most wonderful thing. And instead of playing all the games you play at baby shower games, we just, the baby put the baby on the floor and let it. I, we, we were so entertained by the baby that who cares about the games, you know. <laughs> But in our stage of life, that's where we were, and, yeah. and it was just, and it really meant a lot to her. We came along beside her to hold her up during this period of time in life and in her journey, and we continue to hold her up. So there are lots of ways that you can reach out one to another. Whatever generation you are walking in right now, yeah. or wherever you are in life. Mm -hmm. I, I love that because you're right, yes. whatever generation you are in, whatever um, role that you are, whatever age that you are, mm -hmm. you know, the spirit of um, motherhood and uh, sisterhood is alive mm -hmm. in our church. Yes. And that's what yes. I love about Core Church. Mm -hmm. um, we see so many uh, young people doing things. You were talking about um, First Street the yeah. other day to me. Yeah. Let me tell you guys a story. On Easter Sunday, you all thought it was crazy crowded in here. Well, imagine this. In our first street, which is our baby classroom, so our zero to two, zero to two, two-year-old class, there's two, always two adults. So imagine Evelyn and I, 11 babies, 11. Can you imagine? And little, like, little babies, not big babies. I don't even know. How do you hold? And they all cry at the same time. So Megan and I are in the hallway, and we lock eyes, and we're like, we need help. So we spread out, and we just simply came upon our teenagers who serve all the time back there. And it might not be the classroom that they want to be in that day, yeah. or it might not be, but I really learned from them that day, and they taught me because we had five teenage girls who stepped up and went in that room, five girls who did not complain, did not grumble, who just did it. And it's such a reminder to me that, you know, I have certain areas. I've taken the Discover class, and I know these areas where I, my sweet spots where I'm supposed to be serving but sometimes there's just a need, and we need to do it, and we need to serve there. Yeah. And they showed me that. They, they mothered me, and come on, Sib, this is what you should be doing, right? Yes. So it was just 
we're doing, Core Church is doing that. We do it. I love yeah. it. I love it. And, and I see things like this, and it just, honestly, it brings me so much joy because then I realize we're going to change this generation. We're going to leave it better than we came in because I'll have a girl, and they'll text me, and they'll be like, hey, we just added you in on a group chat. All of our girls are surrounding this one girl because she's going through this this week, and I'm like, and they're all on a, a core group together. And I'm like, man, that's, that's the way it is. That, that's what's going to change. And I love that God keeps, though, pointing it back to him, pointing it back to his son in that Luke 11. That's why we need Jesus. This task is way too big for one person. It can't be about people on the stage. It has to be about all of us working together together. Male, female, all of us working together.